Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest updates from the world of sports, gambling, and pop culture. Because you can't have a show without hot takes or a Tiger King meme these days. Know what I'm saying? Now, with over 200 episodes and ready to get after it again, here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Good morning and welcome, folks. It is week 17. I hope none of you are still playing fantasy football because if you do have league championships riding on this week, shame on you because you got multiple teams resting players. You got COVID taking out the entire Saints backfield. We've got a lot of mess to unpack here. And the simple thing I'm going to say here for week 17 is that we have a number of teams with very little to play for and not much incentive other than performance uh, bonuses and con- uh, in their contracts. Uh, because, again, with this new wild card scenario where only one team gets to buy, wild card weekend gets expanded by having an extra playoff game uh, in each conference. So next week, we're going to have six playoff games. Uh, the wildest weekend of the NFL season just got a little bit wilder. But that's the reality of the situation. We only got two teams with buys. And we only know one of them right now, and that's the Chiefs. The NFC uh, uh, buy hasn't been determined yet. It could go to the Packers, but it could go to a couple other teams. uh, Namely, uh, the the Saints could still win the buy. And you also have the Seahawks who could win the buy, despite the fact that the Seahawks look... (laughs) For all intents and purposes, look like they're heading in the complete opposite direction of what uh, they should be as a playoff team because of uh, s- some of the peculiar choices they've made to try to win games that realistically aren't very conducive to success in the postseason, uh, namely plowing the ball straight up the middle and then just keep trying to punt your way and playing the field position battle in 2020 NFL. But that's another story uh, for a different day. Uh, uh, when uh, maybe we'll try to get uh, unpack the playoffs a, a tad if we, if we get a chance to. But, uh, yeah, you know, let's just get right down to it. Uh, the first game we're going to talk about in the early window, and, uh, you know, God, I can't believe we're actually going to be talking about this. We're basically going to have to talk about the NFC East. The Cowboys and the Giants are playing in the 1 o'clock window, Sunday night football is designated for the Washington football team that can clinch the NFC East with a win over the Eagles. We'll get to that uh, sh- uh, shortly. I- I'll talk about the NFC East in one breath, just so we don't have to talk about the NFC East the rest of the show, hopefully. But Cowboys, <laughs> this is this is such a classic scenario. I need the Giants to lose this game in the worst way possible. Cowboys are a road favorite at uh, two and a half points, uh, three in some books. The popular money is going on, uh, the public money is going on the Cowboys side. The sharp money is going on the Giants side in a big way. The the Cowboys have been in this clinch, uh, I mean, it's not even a clinching scenario. Both the Giants and the Cowboys need to win this game and have Washington lose later tonight which I definitely think is a distinct possibility, but we'll get to that. The Cowboys have been in these scenarios 
year after year after year, the Cowboys legitimately have a good shot of making the playoffs, provided they beat the Giants. I'm, I'd say 90% sure, as bad as this Giants team is, and believe me, I've been telling you this the entire year, and I financially bet heavily on the Giants winning under uh, that uh, six and a half win prop bet. I took the under on the Giants, already won that. So you're not going to hear me uh, talk up the Giants. The Giants are a bad football team. They got a bad quarterback. They got a bunch of a bunch of players with not a whole lot of talent playing very hard for their coach. Joe Judge always has the Giants prepared. They are one of the least talented teams in the league. I will flat out say that. They have a bad GM and a roster of players that realistically are never going to go anywhere if you want to seriously compete in the NFL. So let's just get out of the way. So for anyone that's clamoring for the Giants to make the postseason, it ain't it ain't going to do much because they're going to get run out the building as soon as they get into the postseason because of the lack of talent that they have compared to the competition they'll be going up against. The fact that the Giants are even in this position is how speaks to how poorly uh, the NFC East teams have executed between Dallas and Philly. But again, let's talk about this game. Dallas. Zeke should be back uh, uh, healthy. The, uh, the, the, the quad issue seems to not be a factor in terms of uh, uh, the uh, prep time. So you're going to see Zeke instead of Tony Pollard. Uh, you know, uh, there's from a DFS perspective, Zeke is about as cheap as you're going to get him. He's under 7K now. You know, if there was a spot for Zeke to actually show up, this would be it. I would not touch any player in this game from a DFS perspective. People are talking up Evan Ingram uh, with Evan Ingram being 3,700. I mean, in a high stakes pool, could I play Evan Ingram because tight end is so bad? Yeah. Tight end is awful because you got Travis Kelsey sitting, uh, Darren Waller in a spot with the uh, Raiders where they're out of the playoff picture. Yeah. Could you pay up 7,100 for Waller? But there are there are a bunch of other plays uh, that I it's like I I don't I don't necessarily see great opportunity at tight end. There, there really isn't a whole lot there this week uh, in terms of a, one of the worst positions uh, in football this entire year. So it's very hard for me to get excited about playing Evan Ingram, even though the price tag wise it makes sense to play him at thirty seven hundred. It's very hard to get excited, very hard to get excited at all about uh, anyone in this game. But I get the Evan Ingram play. I just, I just don't see it as a lock button situation because tight end is so fluky that you can get a whole lot going on, and there's a very real chance that Evan Ingram does not end up playing. Uh, into uh, being the uh, a top five tight end option this week. It's like as ridiculous as that sounds because I I just poo pooed everyone in the uh, the tight end pool. Realistically, this could just be a rando week where you just get random touchdowns from tight ends, and that just ends up being 
uh, the optimal play at tight end. Outside of receivers, this should be a low scoring game, low total. Uh, we're in, uh, we're in the low forties of forties total. There is nothing about this game that is appealing from a DFS perspective. Nothing. I don't, I don't even like the defenses because both defenses got priced up this week. Uh, you know, I just look at this as a game where you're going to see Dallas screw up more often than not. Uh, just not produce on offense. I would just bet the under on this game. I mean, even with a 44 uh, total, I just bet the under on this game and walk away. Because even if you bet on the Giants, it's even money. Uh, essentially, almost at most books, uh, you're gonna pay the big, so it's like you'd be minus one ten. But th- there's, there's, re- I think the Giants win this game. the The Cowboys have shown repeatedly they don't show up for big games. I don't know how long it's gonna take for people to sink this in, but the Cowboys will screw up big games all the time. It it just goes without uh, fail. So when I just look at this. I think, you know, Danny Fumbles, Danny Dimes, you know, whatever nickname you want to designate to him when he's playing poorly, which is usually the case, or when he actually uh, puts out a, a good throw. And, and granted, I think Daniel Jones will have at least, because of how bad the Cowboys' defense is, will have two or three good-looking throws and still play terribly this uh, the entire game. I've already spent more time talking about this game than I would actually care to but I don't want to play guys in this game. I really don't. I just think that with, uh, with full 15 game slate, because everyone's playing, uh, there was no Thursday game, no Saturday games. There's just so many better options, but I think the giants will win this game. I really think the giants win this game is, and the odds makers know it too. It's like Dallas is only a slight road favorite. And it just, this all points to the giants winning this division. Because I don't think Washington wins tonight. So let's just talk about the the Sunday night game. I think Washington is going to choke on the national stage. And you're going to have the Giants win the NFC East at 6-10. and 10. I think it's pretty much a lock. And I wish I could find a bet uh, uh, th- that would actually offer up uh, Giants win the NFC East. But you got to do a parlay uh, to do it. And it's just... You know, betting on Philly never feels good. But, you know, yeah, it's just you could do it in a parlay. But, man, it's just it's gross uh, uh, between these this entire division. I oh, God. <laughs> it's, but here's here's the situation. Washington still doesn't know if Alex Smith can go with the calf injury. And this is on Alex Smith's good leg. Not the surgically repaired leg that almost got amputated leg. Uh, it, uh, every time Alex Smith plays, everyone is worried about his health and safety every time he plays. And even when he was playing, he wasn't good. It's just that Washington's quarterbacks have been so putrid that even a mediocre Alex Smith is the far and away best option Washington has available. <laughs> I I can't wait to see the offseason for the NFC East because one of these teams has to be smart enough to at least call up the Lions and ask what the asking price is for Matthew Stafford to make a trade. Because if, da- if Dallas doesn't want to pick Dak Prescott, Philly 
trying to figure out if Jalen Hurts can play. I don't think he can. I think he's been beneficiary of bad matchups. Even the Cowboys game showed his deficiencies uh, uh, as a quarterback. I just don't see it. And Washington, the less said, the better. And we all know what we have with the uh, the Giants uh, in in Jones. It's just not not as he's not a good NFL starting quarterback. Uh, uh, His ceiling might be that he could become an average NFL starting quarterback because of his uh, consistency to be inconsistent. But that's that's the long and short of it. I think the winner of Dallas and Giants, and I think the Giants, I feel 90% sure the Giants are going to win this game. And I'm I'm about 70% sure Philly's going to win tonight. I hope the Giants don't win it because it's going to cost the Giants uh, at least eight draft spots. Uh, probably, actually, it's probably going to even be more. Uh, I got to do the math on it. It it might actually be 10 draft spots that I think about it if they get to six wins uh, and host the playoff game. uh, That's the other thing. Being a division winner automatically puts you above everyone else who made the playoffs in the wildcard team. So I think it's the difference between eight to 10 draft spots uh, between the winner and the loser of this game. So it's hugely important for the Giants to actually lose this game. But I think the Giants win this game, and I think Washington loses tonight. I think the Giants are going to win the NFC East. I really do, and it, it it saddens me. It saddens me very much because, man, this, this is, uh, man, <laughs> like, I, I just can't. All right. Uh, let's get to some of these other games. Uh not really worth talking about from an actual NFL perspective, but very important from a DFS perspective. Vikings hosting the Lions. I mean, no, uh, Lions hosting the Vikings, rather. Uh, both these teams out of the mix, uh, you know, losing teams, closing out the year. Vikings, here's the, here's the deal. Justin Jefferson's closing in on a number of NFL rookie wide receiver records, and he can break them today with a, a big performance. I think they're going to try to pepper him with targets. I would not look at Adam Thielen at all from a DFS perspective. I, I think, you know, it's a case of you play Kirk Cousins, you play uh, Justin Jefferson, and because Dalvin Cook unfortunately had a very tragic loss of his father passing away unexpectedly, uh, very sad situation. You got no Dalvin Cook today, so it's 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 going to be Alexander Matheson, uh, uh, Madison. Uh, who's not very good, but he's going to get volume. Uh, on FanDuel, he's only 5K. DraftKings, he's priced up at 6100 which actually makes him a cash game play on FanDuel, not necessarily a tournament play, because I think he's just going to be way too popular. But on DraftKings, it makes for an interesting tournament play because no one's really going to want to pay 6100 for Alexander Madison when he's not very good. and you could pay another twelve hundred, uh, uh, well thirteen hundred to get a Jonathan Taylor, and yeah, that's that sounds thirteen hundred sounds like a lot for salary wise on DraftKings, but there are enough cheap wide receiver options that you could pay down for this week, or just get a cheap running back instead to make it work salary wise. So. That's the that's the rub. I I actually think Kirk Cousins is, is very viable from a DFS perspective because the Lions have no pass rush. 
the Vikings don't have a pass rush. The only reason why I can't really recommend Matthew Stafford is because we don't know if Matthew Stafford can get through this entire game healthy. But I would say, uh, concentrating on this game, you play Jefferson and you play Marvin Jones on the Lions side. Uh, Kenny Galladay, obviously, you know, he was never going to come back this year. Uh, I don't know why the Lions just didn't put him on IR. I know people want to play Hawkinson, but Hawkinson's just expensive at the tight end spot. I don't like tight end this week because all the tight ends got priced up and we knew that, uh, we knew that, uh, you know, Kelsey, uh, wasn't going to play. The chiefs aren't going to play. So it just made tight end even more ridiculous because, uh, the tight ends got priced up because, uh, you know, DraftKings and FanDuel knew that Kelsey most likely wasn't going to play this week. And so I just, I can't get there with Hawkinson. I I, I just can't. Uh, so I, I'm I'm just gonna be looking at Jefferson. I'll look at uh, Jones definitely, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna take some interest in Kirk Cousins. Uh, you know, uh, w- 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 <laughs> I'm not even gonna play the I'm not even gonna play the Cousins sa- soundbite. You guys already know. You guys already know it. Uh, I'm not I'm not gonna play the you like that soundbite. It, it you know I, I I I've been told enough times that uh. It's played out, and I enjoy it too much. Uh, so I'll, I'll I'll spare some of the listeners uh, uh, to it, but uh, I definitely think uh, Kirk Cousins uh, can make you money uh, today. I, I I could be I could be uh, dying on a hill on that one, but I I, I do think uh, uh, the Cousins uh, Jefferson pairing can be very smart with a run back to Marvin Jones. Steelers Browns uh, Steelers resting <laughs> i mean cleveland's got to win this game it would be so typical of the browns to lose this game because they need help getting into the postseason you know uh you, you i mean if they win they're in uh if they lose and indy takes care of business against uh jacksonville they're out you know the browns need to take care of business i I think this is a Nick Chubb game. Uh, they didn't they didn't do what they needed to do against the Jets. I don't want to hear the excuses about the wide receivers being in COVID protocol. That was a did not show up to play against a team that was looking to kick your ass uh, kind of game. The Jets were kind of ticked off that people were yelling at them for winning against the Rams. And then they showed up again, uh, uh, mean and nasty on defense and Cleveland could not run the ball on them at all. Cleveland needs to run the ball. They need to get Chubb involved. Chubb sets. Here's the thing. Chubb is interesting at 7,600. I don't know if I can get there. I just think that there are other options to play around with than Chubb, but Chubb makes for a very interesting tournament play because I don't know. (sighs) I don't know if some of the ownerships are going to hold up, but uh, you know, if uh, if you want to pivot off of Derrick Henry at 9,400 and believe me, I totally get pivoting off of Derrick Henry. I'll get to why Derrick Henry's uh, still definitely uh, a very strong play today, but I definitely get it. If you want to pivot off of Henry, you can go to Chubb. I don't have a problem with it. Cleveland needs to win this game. They're a heavy favorite. You know, the Steelers resting players, big Ben's not playing. Mason Rudolph is not an NFL QB. I don't care what anyone says. Like I, I, there are some backups in this league. I, I look around and I'm saying to myself, "How there are better backups that I see playing in the CFL and other leagues 
that should be playing ahead of some of these backups in the NFL. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, that's a story for another time. But, yeah, not touching Pittsburgh. That, and you're going to hear this a lot from me. I'm not going to be touching a certain place. I'm just not. Uh, but from the Cleveland side, there's not really much incentive to play anyone besides Chubb. Maybe you want to take a punt on Rashard Higgins because he's so cheap at 4500 You know, you could uh, just to make it work from a salary perspective, but I, I just don't see a whole lot here uh, to get excited about. Dolphins, Bills. Okay. We're going to talk about something here that's very important. Bills don't really have that much to play for other than making the Dolphins' lives miserable. Buffalo can't get the one seed, so they're locked into either the two or the three seed with the Steelers. They already know the Steelers are resting uh, Big Ben. So, you know, likely they'll be the two seed if they beat the Dolphins. Does it really matter? Not much. I mean, they're still going to be at home next week in Buffalo. So I think you could see the Bills resting starters in the second half. I think they'll give it a a good go in the first half. And this comes down to Miami. Now, Miami had already kind of made the decision that they were going to go with Tua starting this game. And then it just got all but confirmed because uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, uh, the 1B starter, at QB for the Dolphins, tested positive for COVID-19. So he's in the COVID protocols. So, I mean, there you go. Miami must win game. Fitz magic is nowhere to be found. It it, it, it just sums up Fitz's career. That the reason why he's never actually, A, he never shows up in a big game. And he actually had a chance to play in a win and end game. Winning in. If Miami wins, they're in. Play had a chance to play in a winning in game. Uh contract COVID. I, I you know I know it's not easy following the protocols in certain states. In certain areas. But week 17, like you could not get into it any more pivotal time to be strictly adhering to protocols and fits. Test positive for COVID. I, I, I can't get over like that. That that one that just irks me. So here's the thing. I don't think Tua feels that comfortable running the offense, and the Bills are going to give different defensive looks. So this is a weird game, where, you know, on the surface, this opened up originally with Miami as an underdog at four and a half. When they when uh, people started uh, finding out that the Bills were going to uh, most likely rest players, then the spread completely shifted all the way over to the other side. Like all the money got bet over on Miami as an underdog, so now the Dolphins are favored by three as of this morning. I kind of look at this as a game where I don't want any piece of it, but if I were Looking to bet today, I take the Bills as an under home underdog because I think they're going to give Tua all he can handle, and I'm not sure if Tua's up for it. I don't know if at this stage of his rookie season, Tua is up for a defense getting after him that has talent around it. Now, the uh, Bills can rest some starters, but they can't rest all the players on the defense. Defense is going to be playing. 
So it just comes down to can Tua make plays against the Bills defense? And I'm not entirely sure about that. So while I'm not betting on this game, would it shock me if Miami lost this game? Absolutely not. Even in a must-win game, I think Miami could very easily lose this game and you could you could see uh, Miami get leapfrogged by the Colts. It would not shock me. Uh, I don't want any piece of this game from a DFS perspective. Uh, maybe I, because the Bills defense is still priced up on on DraftKings, so it it's hard to kind of get any any decent value out of this one. It's like I'm just staying away from this game entirely. Because I don't know who's going to be playing, so it's very hard to target pieces. And I don't like Miami's offense. Uh, you could, yeah, you could look at uh, a Miles Gaskin, but that would require the Dolphins to be up for him to pay off value against a good rush defense. Like it just none of the pieces make sense from a DFS perspective. So I just stay away from this one. Same goes for this Jets uh, uh, Pats game. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I might actually be inclined to bet on the Jets because here's here's the rub. The Jets have won two games in a row, but they were locked into the uh, the uh, the number two seed overall in the NFL draft. They don't need to tank this game. They don't need to tank. They can just beat the Pats outright and, you know, they get a win over New England. And Adam Gase desperately wants to get a win on against uh, Bill Belichick because for the majority of uh, Gase's career, he's been owned by Belichick at uh, at Gillette Stadium. It, it, it's just, uh, you know, it's just been the case. Like, he has not won uh, in uh, up in Mass. Uh, so this is a very weird game because the Jets aren't good. The Pats aren't very good because the, uh, you know, with all the players who opted out, uh, Cam Newton has not looked right ever since the COVID diagnosis. Like you, they could, you could say it's an excuse, but the fact is that that team just never got back on track after uh, uh, week four, you know, it, it, it is what it is. Uh, but you've got multiple members of the offensive line, uh, missing the, the this game for New England. Jets have a good rush defense. You know, Cam has, you know, shown why New England's wide receivers uh, aren't very good. You know, I can see the Jets winning this game. And the Jets being a three-point underdog, I just don't get it. I don't get this. I don't get this line at all. I, I would bet the Jets. I, I, I would bet the Jets. And I... It, I, and I, I sound incredulous saying this, but I would bet the Jets with actual money. I would bet the Jets today. I would bet the Jets to spread and the money line. I think the Jets win this game in Fox. It, it, oh, my goodness. I can't believe I'm saying this. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it's Wow. Okay, after I got that laugh out of my system. Uh, DFS, basically don't want any part of this game outside the Jets' defense. The Jets' defense is only 2,300. The Pats are not scoring more than maybe 17 points in this game. This 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 line total of 41, I would be hammering the under on this one. 
there's no way this game hits hits the forties. I I can't see it unless there's a defensive touchdown uh, involved to get there. I can't see this game getting into the forties. Like it's a forty-one total, but I can't I can't see it. I cannot see it. So I'm gonna take uh, the Jets defense, and I could see Ty Johnson uh, having a uh, I I don't want to say good day. I mean, he could he could get uh, you to double digits, and at four K, uh, uh, well, he's not four K. He's a uh, he's uh, forty three hundred on DraftKings, but at that cheap of a price tag, you can fit in Devontae Adams or Derrick Henry. It, it it works from a salary perspective, and combine it with the Jets defense. You know, it gives you cheap salary to at least bake in uh, some uh, points because you know he's going to get volume. And, uh, you know, even if he doesn't get a rushing touchdown, uh, you know, Johnson should still uh, get a a couple of receptions here and there. He should be able to get you double digits. Uh, Just don't expect to be in the teens uh, or let alone hit 20. If he hits 20, I mean, you, you... (laughs) <laughs> you're you're in the you're in the bank uh but uh uh yeah i'm just avoiding the pats entirely but yeah i could play jets defense and i could play ty johnson but that's about it i i don't expect much from the jets passing game this is going to be a relatively ugly game to watch so uh definitely not focusing on that at all uh next up tampa hosting the falcons <sighs> Man, okay. Tampa likely uh, would face the winner of the NFC East, uh, you know, unless they lose this game, which there's, I mean, (laughs) like crazy things have happened. This would probably be uh, with, uh, with as much as Tampa could benefit from getting a win here would be one of the dumbest because you're in wildcard weekend, you win and you play the NFC East, which will have a losing record. Like there's no excuse to drop this game and uh, to Atlanta. Like the bucks are going to win this game. I'm just going to say it. The bucks are going to win this game. They're going to smash Atlanta and they're going to roll over whoever they play in the NFC East. But with that being said, because you know, I can already see a Bucks Giants matchup coming and people trying to talk themselves into beating Tom Brady in Tampa. I, I can already see it happening. Um, here's the thing. Atlanta's going to play out the string. Matt Ryan, again, you know, in every spot where he could play against backups or inferior talent, he still doesn't raise his game to at least beat the competition. Uh, you know, I just, look at this as a situation where Tampa's going to get up and then it's just going to be garbage time points for Atlanta. So could I play Calvin Ridley or Russell Gage? Ridley's priced up way too much. I just can't get to Ridley when I can just play Devontae Adams uh, and be done with it. Uh, With Ridley being 8,500, you know, at that point you might as well just pay up for Derrick Henry or Devontae Adams uh, in my opinion and just get some exposure to Russell Gage uh, instead. You know, I just don't see 
Matt Ryan lighting up the scoreboard. He's had so many opportunities to do it this year and just hasn't done it. So like this, this line of 50, you know, I just have, I just, I have a real tough time believing that 50 line. Uh, I would probably take the under on it. Uh, definitely take the butts, uh, the bucks, uh, uh, covering the six and a half. Uh, it'll probably be seven, uh, with most books, uh, but as we get closer to, uh, the kickoff at one, but you know, in terms of DFS, Tampa is just so hard to put a finger on it because Brady has so many different weapons to throw to. I would even look at it as a Ronald Jones type of game where they just ride out the game. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things where, you know, I, I look at this game and I just say to myself, I'm not going to have a whole lot of exposure to this game because there were too many players on Tampa that could have a good game. And Tampa's defense is priced up as well, so it doesn't make it as an attractive play. It's just not a lot of value here, uh, but Tampa's winning this game. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Uh, Speaking of games that are going to be won, uh, you got the Ravens playing the Bengals. Yes, it's a divisional matchup. Yeah, we could make an argument that the Bengals have played better in the second half, but the Ravens are locked into being physical again at the point of attack, running the football. Since he is bad uh, as a rushing defense, they just they just are. They, this is just not this is not a good matchup for the Bengals. It's it's just not. So if you're telling me that I can play Lamar uh, Lamar Jackson. And, you know, Bacon, uh, the rushing upside. I think you, I think you take that as a tournament play uh, if you want to get different from playing the Aaron Rodgers of the world. Uh, because I, I think Rodgers is just going to be incredibly popular. You know, I don't see a lot of pass catching options that I like uh, because, again, Mark Andrews got priced up uh, on on DraftKings and FanDuel with Kelsey uh, uh basically being announced in advance he wasn't playing it was like uh, most of these uh, uh, salaries were really priced up in anticipation of player sitting so you know i like lamar uh, just because i think he's going to run all over the place you know there is there a risk that uh, the ravens get too far ahead and you know they just rest them yeah but by then i would expect lamar because of how the ravens run their offense to have close to 100 yards rushing and a couple of touchdowns. So, you know, because you know he's going to run it in, at, uh, uh, have some rushing uh, touchdown opportunities as well. Uh, Dobbins is going to get some uh, touches as well. Uh, so I could see it being a situation where, you know, you get a bunch of touchdowns from the Ravens, they get up to 28 points, and it comes down to kind of Bengals uh, throw to keep it in there. So between T. Higgins, uh, Tyler Boyd's back uh, as the number one wide receiver on Cincy, and at forty nine hundred, that's an interesting tournament play playing Tyler Boyd because I don't think he's going to get a ton of ownership, and salary wise, it kind of helps you a- as well because he's going to be a little bit cheaper. Because I I expect people to be tagging in Derrick Henry and then running it back with uh Brandon Cooks as we'll talk about in the late window, um, but uh. You know, I, I think uh, that's kind of a, a an interesting way of going about it. It's, it's just kind of playing Lamar uh, by himself. 
and just letting those games ride out uh, and, and call it a day. So uh, getting into the afternoon window, uh, you know, we'll get this one out of the way first. Uh, Seahawks 49ers. Seattle still has a chance at the number one seed. Uh, I, you know, as I said before, Seattle's just been playing in such a awkward way that, you know, we had the let Russ cook movement going on in the beginning of the year. Then, you know, Seattle started losing a few games. They decided they panicked and said, you know, we're going to get back to what we do best and run the football, which is not what they do best. They're not that great of a run blocking team. You know, yeah, Chris Carson can get you 100 yards and a touchdown, but he's not a 150 and 200 yard back. Like Seattle runs the ball. I don't say I don't want to say they run it poorly, but they're just they're relatively average. They just uh, they're relatively like from their execution against good teams. They're. They're kind of about league average when it comes to running the football. They run the ball well against bad teams. They're not necessarily good at running the ball. They just run it a lot. So it's a suboptimal way of running your offense. And the 49ers are not that bad of a defense. Despite all the injuries, uh, you know, it it is a banged up 49ers team. But they're going to – they know they can uh, make life difficult for Seattle, and I expect them to. So, you know, I just don't like any of the offensive options on Seattle this week. I just don't think it's a great play. Now, uh, you could you could maybe throw a punt on DK Metcalf, uh, like breaking off big play. But I just look at, I look at, uh, you know, this is a stay away kind of game. There, there's just not a whole lot that uh, uh, is going to be had here. Uh, with this matchup. So, you know, I, I kind of look at it as we'll see. Uh, we'll see if uh, Seattle's defense, because uh, uh, I, I think Seattle's defense uh, uh, going up against uh, CJ Beathard, the third string quarterback for the 49ers. May- maybe you uh, get some turnovers against the Niners defense, but the Niners like to run the ball as well. So it, it's just not a whole lot of great value that you're going to be seeing uh, in this game. And, you know, for that, it, it's just out. It's like a Seattle seven-point favorites. Don't like that line either. I think Seattle wins, but I think that's like a field goal game, maybe two field goals. Uh, I, I would take the 49ers, but don't feel great about it, so I would just pass on the game entirely. But uh, for picks purposes, yeah, I'll take the Niners, but, you know, nothing to feel great about. All right, uh, tight. Uh, yeah, so Texans hosting the Titans. Uh, Tennessee uh, as the road favorite by a touchdown. Here's the deal. Derrick Henry can break 2,000 yards rushing against the worst run defense in the league. A lot of people have been talking up J.J. Watt making a speech, uh, calling out his teammates as to whether or not they want to be here because of how lackluster uh, the Texans played against the Bengals last week. Here's the, I mean, the long and short of it is that uh, the Texans are an awful run defense. They've been an awful run defense. There's nothing about, uh, there's nothing about the, uh, uh, there's nothing about the Texans 
that says, yeah, today's the day we're going to actually stop someone from running the football. Now, it's an outside shot that Derrick Henry can break 2,000 yards. He would have to run for over 200 yards today. But, again, one of the league's worst rush defenses. And wouldn't you know, the first time these two teams played, Derrick Henry ran for 212 yards and two touchdowns. I'm not saying he can repeat that performance, but, you know, if he if he gets to, I believe the, the tally is 223 to get to 2,000 yards. It's not the craziest thing in the world that Derrick Henry could run for over 200 yards against this Texans defense. It really isn't. I mean, if, uh, if people want to go with the narrative that J.J. Watt is going to inspire his teammates with that speech, go right ahead. They're just not very good at executing. And so I would rather take the team that knows it needs to run to win the game because what happened last week against the Packers was they did not uh, have a good start. They couldn't get their feet uh, set in the snow. And the uh, Packers got up on them early, and they couldn't uh, play action. Their offense looked completely out of sorts. So bottom line, they're going to run the ball. They're going to feed Henry, and they're going to run the ball against the Texans. Titans need to win this game uh, to make sure that, uh, that uh, you know, regardless of how the playoff seedings work, because they already clinched the AFC South. That's not the issue. The issue is more along the lines of the seeding purposes of making sure that they are still going to not face uh, cer- some of the teams that could be lined up. And they won't know that for certain. but. The chances are, if they can uh, win and, you know, get get the win here, they're likely going to be facing either Miami or the Colts. Both of those matchups, I still think Tennessee feels relatively good about. So, from my perspective, you're going to see a lot of Derrick Henry. Now, uh, get, uh, point blank, uh, on the Houston side, what, what can we expect to see? Deshaun Watson. Chucking the ball and chucking it often. Houston can't run the football. I mean, they've tried. You know, they can do dump offs to David Johnson. They can do a vast number of things, but running the football ain't one of them. So, all that being said, you're going to see a lot more of chucking by uh, Houston, which is going to uh, stop the clock. And it's going to give more opportunities for Derrick Henry to run on Houston's uh, Houston's defense. I I think that you know the the standard play is going to be Derrick Henry at uh, at running back. You may see some Deshaun Watson stacks with uh, Brandon Cooks, and then you try to get cheap elsewhere, or you know you'll just see uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, uh, stacks and then some cheap uh, Packers receiver or Devonte Adams uh, in play. But like, there's going to be some combination of exposure to uh, the Tennessee uh, Houston game. Uh, even if you're not playing Derrick Henry, uh, you can play the Titans passing attack uh, with Tannehill or just play the, uh, the passing attack for the Titans with uh, Devonte Adams and, and Aaron Rodgers. Like there's going to be points to be had in this game. The line's at uh, 54. 
it could easily smash that. I would not be shocked at all uh, with this game shooting out. And it's probably the one with the most potential to shoot out. So I, I just look at it as, you know, you're going to ha- need to have pieces of that game. Uh, you know, at some point you're, you're going to get burned by, uh, cause they're not all going to hit, but they have the best opportunity to hit. And that's what really matters at the end of the day for DFS purposes. All right. So since I already talked about it, let's uh, talk about Packers bears, uh, Packers, uh, can lock up the one seed with a win over the bears. Uh, bears technically, uh, you know, this, uh, this really just kind of comes down to, uh, you know, they have a marginal chance of making the playoffs if they win. And, you know, as long as that's the case, they're going to play hard and it's the Packers. So, uh, you know, looking at, uh, looking at the, uh, the, the way, uh, uh, the way this is uh, shaping up, you know, I could see the Aaron Rodgers MVP case just being made here. And, you know, they'll just go at it from the perspective of Aaron, if thrown to his favorite target, so that'll be Devontae Adams, Robert Tunyon, if you want to play Tunyon. But Tunyon's priced up at tight end. Again, I don't like tight end. But Devontae Adams, I think at, you know, even at his price tag, uh, being uh, where it is right now, you can you can see how at ninety two hundred he can get there as a, even as a you know if you're doing it as an alternative to uh, Derrick Henry, it's the smart play. Uh, you know they're fading Devontae Adams and Derrick Henry seems like a suicidal move this this week because of all the folks being out. Maybe someone wins the Millie maker without Adams or Henry. I just, I have a very hard time seeing it. I really do. Uh, so, you know, it just kind of comes down to uh, who you're going to get exposure to and how it's going to manage. Now you can also get exposure to Adams and Henry. It just makes it a very ugly looking build when you do it that way, but it, it can be done. It can be done. So, uh, you know, it it just kind of depends on how you're looking to uh, put together uh, your roster, but it can be done. It's doable. So, from that standpoint, when we kind of get down to some of the finer details, we're going to be looking at it from uh, the perspective of what else uh, can you do with this game? and. Truth of the matter is, I I don't think you get really cute with it. Uh, with the bear side, you know, you can play Allen Robinson. You could play David Montgomery. That's a fine option too. Darnell Mooney, yeah, but I wouldn't I wouldn't play around with uh, uh using Jimmy Graham. Yes, Jimmy Graham has gotten touchdowns. Does that mean uh Jimmy Graham's going to uh be productive today? Absolutely not. So don't get cute it's his price tag is already there. It just doesn't mean that he's going to get there. And, you know, I, I just look at it from the standpoint of if, if it, if it doesn't feel like a good play, avoid it completely. So, uh, the, just not that much exposure to the bears. It doesn't make a whole ton of sense. Chargers playing the chiefs. 
And you would look at this and say, the Chiefs are 14-1. and one. Why are they the underdog? Because everyone on the Chiefs is resting. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, Harry Kill, Kelsey, they're all resting. It's just the Chargers against the Chiefs backups. Uh, you know, Kansas City's going to play very vanilla in terms of offense. They're not going to risk guys getting hurt. So in terms of the Chargers, I just kind of look at this from the standpoint of Justin Herbert, you know, doesn't have Keenan Allen this week again. Uh, you know, uh, no Hunter Henry. You got Eckler, obviously, uh, he's priced up, but I have no issue with playing Eckler in tournaments at all. I, I think you could get there with Eckler. Uh, still, with dump offs and, and just uh, being able to uh, have volume, uh, even if he's not rushing that much, I think you could get there with Eckler. Uh, but then the wide receiving core, it's very, it still gets very spread out uh, between, you know, Mike Williams is not a number one receiver. So everyone penciling him in to get the number one receiver work. Yeah, he'll get the targets, but that doesn't mean he's necessarily going to get there. Uh, I would be looking more towards Tyron Johnson and Jalen Guyton. Uh, uh, Johnson at 4K, Guyton at 3,400. I'd be looking at those two as, the potential touchdown options on the chargers uh, because uh, Herbert's going to throw the ball. I just, it just, it makes it a little bit harder to uh, diagnose where it's going to go to because the passing tree is uh, kind of spread out, even with uh, Henry and uh, Keenan Allen being out. Uh, Herbert's been spreading the ball uh, regardless. So it's not a clear cut case to be made one way or the other, but yeah, I definitely have exposure to Herbert in tournaments. Uh, I lean a little bit more towards Guyton than uh, Tyron Johnson, but uh, it's not it's not the uh, craziest thing uh, going that route. Raiders Broncos, whoo man! Uh, I really don't want to have any exposure to this game at all. Uh, but uh, Raiders two and a half point favorites. Yeah, I could see the Raiders winning this one. Um, even the Chargers game, I could see the Chargers beating the Chiefs. Um, but man, like trying to predict the AFC West outside of Chiefs actually just winning the game, it's tough because these teams are just not very good. But uh, as it stands, uh, Darren Waller is going to be a popular play at tight end with all the injuries. So at 7,100, yeah, I could see Waller definitely getting a ton of ownership. I'm just not going there. It, there's just too many other plays I think have higher upside than Waller. But could Waller put up a a 25 point game? Yeah, because the Broncos are that bad. There's there is a possibility for Waller to get there. I'm not I'm not going to poo poo that. It's just that I I personally, you know, with the Bills, I I just didn't get there. And you know you. There's only so many plays you can make before you uh, you spread it yourself a little bit too thin, um, but uh, you know that's the kind of the way I I, I look at it is that uh, you know you're gonna see Waller ownership, maybe you get to see some Josh Jacobs ownership on the Broncos side. I don't know why I'm doing this to myself, but the Raiders defense is so bad that I feel compelled to have to play a Drew Locke stack, uh, you know, against uh, the Raiders, just because uh, you still got 
a very cheap price on Noah Fant at forty four hundred. Uh, you know, and he's gonna get a, a ton of targets. And Jerry Judy's only forty two hundred on DraftKings. It's just that Drew Locke's not has kind of much shown you all you need to see is that he's not a starting NFL QB. He can be a backup, but he's not necessarily a starter. It's just kind of it's kind of ugly, but you know, I, I do have some exposure to Denver stacks because I do think you could get there uh by being cheap with Denver and then squeezing in Derrick Henry and Devontae Adams when you go cheap uh with the Denver stack. I, I definitely think that's a possibility of uh being different from other lineups. Rams, Cardinals, not touching this game uh outside of uh some exposure to Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins just to stack those two. Here's the thing. The Rams could still make the playoffs with a win. Here's the problem. Jared Goff broke his thumb last week. Done for the year, essentially. Uh, You know, with the recovery time for the thumb, can't see him being back unless the Rams somehow make a miracle run in the postseason, uh, which is unlikely. Uh, you know, if we go into uh, looking at uh, so, some of the other plays for the Rams, uh, you got uh, John Wolford, who was the uh, MVP of the XFL at QB. You got no Cooper Cup because of COVID uh, protocols. Uh, he, he's not available for this game. So it's it's Wood, Robert Woods. Van Jefferson and Josh Reynolds for the receiving core of the Rams. I I just, I don't see a ton of upside to justify some of those plays unless you're going with uh, Reynolds and Van Jefferson because they're, uh, you know, they're uh, three around three K. So I think Reynolds is 3,200 Jefferson's three K. If you're going to those plays to then play, uh, yeah, to then play, uh, you know, Devontae Adams and uh, Derrick Henry together, it, that kind of makes sense uh, to be on the cheap side. Like, I can, I can get that uh, logic. That that one makes sense to me. But uh, outside of that, uh, this game just doesn't have much appeal from a DFS perspective. Outside of Kyler and uh, DeAndre, the line's at 41 and a half. That sounds about right because I don't see where the Rams put up a ton of points, but they're going to run the ball a ton, and it's just going to reduce the number of possessions for the Cardinals, and they have to be very efficient, and the Cardinals have shown throughout the year they're not efficient. They are not efficient uh, with the ball and their possessions, and that's why they find themselves in this position where uh, they're, they're uh, they're very much at risk of missing the playoffs. You know, it's just, it is what it is. They got to win this game. Uh, I I would just say the Cardinals win and get in, but do I feel great about that pick? No, because I could easily see the Rams being able to wreck the Cardinals' offensive line and win this game for the Rams to get them into the postseason. I can see that happening. So, you know, this is just not a game I want to bet on. And from a DFS perspective, I don't want exposure to either side because the uh, uh, Pricing wise, unless I'm trying to get a cheap Rams wide receiver, uh, because their prices came out uh, before 
uh, the cup uh, designation, uh, there's just not there's not much incentive for me to go down that uh, uh, that path. So uh, just not going to go there. All right. Jaguars Colts, and we're going to get to the play that I would say should be uh, used in in lieu of uh, stacking Devontae Adams and uh, uh, Derrick Henry. I think Jonathan Taylor might actually be uh, the top scorer on the slate, even though he might not be uh, the immediate name uh, on there uh, for uh, – you know, most people, I, you know, it, it's, it's a weird situation because it, Taylor should factor in as the number one running back, but I could see so many other teams imploding. Like this is, this is one of those weird spots where Taylor seems like the, the smart and logical play, but it's kind of a gut thing where it's like, I'm going to play Taylor, but I don't feel great about playing Taylor because I feel like other guys can get there. And at 7,400, you know, uh, he's just safe. He's very safe, and a lot of people are going to be playing him as well. So it's not as though you're getting leverage. I it's just you know you're looking at it. It's like it's a safe play, and he has upside. I'm just not as sold as other people that the up he's going to get to that upside, and that's the thing. It's like you know people are talking him up as he he's definitely hitting uh tw- uh twenty five plus points, and I'm I'm not I'm not there yet on uh, you know and again it, so, uh, week week weeks like this is where it kind of comes down to you know you get you gotta go with sometimes your gut and I think uh, Taylor is closer to a twenty point game uh, twenty to twenty two point game than he is uh, you know hitting that great value of smashing through the twenty five point barrier and getting to thirty points like. I think you're going to see a 30 point running back on the slate today. I'm just not, I'm, I just don't feel com- uh, comfortable at all saying that Taylor's that guy. He's in the best matchup for it. Don't get me wrong. I just think that there are other running backs that are, pr- I, I think you're going to, because again, in week 17, you see teams just give up in the second half of games. And so you could see big runs popping off. And I, and I just look at it. It's like saying, you know, I could see scenarios where Taylor isn't the guy and, and it just ends up being that. And so, uh, you know, he's definitely in the cash game pool without question. Tournament wise. Yeah, you can definitely play. I just don't, I don't feel as great about the play as I did when I first looked at this slate originally that I'll leave it at that. It's like, I'm definitely playing him, but I, I could definitely look back on this game and say, man, I should have had more exposure to some of these other guys instead of Taylor. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with the Taylor play. Um, on the Jag side of things, there is a lot of talk going into playing the Jags wide receivers. I don't understand why, because the Jags have consistently shown that they're not good at throwing the football. So, yeah, they're they've locked up the number one pick. So yeah, they can play free and easy. Yeah. There, there there's, there's definitely potential there. Uh, you know, I just think that without James Robinson, it makes it a harder case to say the Jags are really going to keep this one close. I think it's more of a case of Indy puts up the points. Uh, 
and you're waiting for the uh, second half for Indy to rest their uh, start resting guys because they're up three scores, and then uh, you get the Jags possibly coming back because this line's uh, the spread is like north of two touchdowns at this point. You know, I just look at it. I look at it as a case where I like Jonathan Taylor. I don't really like much else on Indy outside of just taking a punt on Zach Pascal uh, in case, uh, you know, they, uh, they get a couple of uh, decent pass plays and, you know, he can get over a hundred yards. I just don't see, I don't see enough there in Indy outside of Taylor to make it work. Uh, And with that line being close to 50, you know, I just think that the Jags, yeah, could they could they cover that spread? Yes. I just don't think Indy is going to have much incentive to run up the score on the Jags. I real I I I know they need to win to get in, but I I think you know by the time that uh game rolls around, you're gonna see like whether it's uh, and I think it's Miami. I I just have a bad feeling about Miami stubbing her toe. And I think that changes the scenario for Indy. I think Indy will play it closer to the vest, knowing that they just need to beat the Jags, but not go crazy and and, and go all out. So it just makes it a very weird, uh, uh, it makes it a weirder play for DFS purposes because Indy knowing that all they got to do is win and knowing how, how easily they can get there to win. I just don't see the Jags showing up to this game to spoil, uh, to spoil Indy. I, I just, I don't see it. I, I I know people are playing up that narrative. I just don't see it. I'll leave it at that. All right. Uh, Saints-Panthers. Okay, another interesting one. All right. Uh, the Saints' entire running backfield is out. Uh, Alvin Kamara, after that six-touchdown performance, you want to play him? You can. It violated COVID protocols, and the contact tracing took out every other player uh, for the Saints' backfield, Latavius Murray and, and some of the others. So now the Saints are reduced to using their practice squad players as the running back uh, uh, back pool, uh, similar to what the Broncos went through a couple of weeks ago where they lost all their QBs. The, the Saints did the same nonsense. Uh, it, you know, for the Saints, it, it, could it bite them in the ass? Yeah, it could. It could very well bite them in the ass because they still have a chance for the number one seed, and now they don't have the running backs. Uh do I see a scenario where uh, the the Panthers win this game? I I I don't. But crazier things have happened. Uh, Mike Davis is doubtful for this game, so you have a running back. Uh, <laughs> our feature running backs are uh, Ty Montgomery for the Saints and Rodney Smith for uh, the Panthers. Both are at the minimum price for running backs at 4K. I like I said, you can fit in Devontae Adams and Derrick Henry if you go with these two running backs, uh, or you could go with a cheap wide receiver somewhere. But you go to these two running backs, running back with Henry, and you could squeeze in Devontae Adams, no problem. You know, th- there are ways to get there. Uh, there are ways to get there. Uh, I'll leave it at that. There are ways to get there salary wise by focusing on running backs in this game. And, you know, I think that, uh, you know, people would say, well, the Saints defense is good enough. Uh, wouldn't you just play Ty Montgomery instead? Well, 
Carolina's offense is also predicated around short passes. And if, uh, if Rodney can catch a couple of passes, he can get to double digits and he will be low owned enough that, you know, it'll be a different pivot off of Ty Montgomery, who I expect to be very highly owned. You know, it's just thought process wise of how you want to get there in terms of your roster construction. I don't see too many people playing both uh, Montgomery and Smith, but you know, you could do that to be a little bit different, get, uh, get Derrick Henry and Devonte Adams and still uh, be able to afford a, a QB that's a, uh, on the higher end. Uh, I definitely think there are pricing isn't, as big of an issue this week on DraftKings because of all these, uh, all these players missing, uh, missing games. Uh, you know, I think there's opportunities to be had. So uh, I'll leave it there because uh, that wraps up the slate. You already know my thoughts on uh, the Sunday night football matchup. I think Washington drops this game. I think the winner of the uh, Cowboys Giants game wins the NFC East. And I think it's going to be the Giants winning the NFC East as much as it pains me to say that, because it's going to screw us out of a, a, a very much needed a top 10 pick. You know, I, I don't really see, uh, I don't see anything uh, that's going to sway my opinion on it. I think the giants are going to win this game. It makes me very sad though. <laughs> it's like, uh, I, I just, you know, this division is so bad, so bad, but that's going to do it for the show, folks. Uh, getting ready for lock, so uh, uh, get your lineups in. Best of luck to you, and catch you next time. Later. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major outlets. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.